You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we are setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall Sabraki, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, wife, and U.S. Navy Lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. What is up, world? I am back on the podcast with Queen Arabia Shanklin. Arabia, hello. How are you, my dear? Hello, Kelly. What's up, all? I'm so happy to be back on the podcast today. Yes, it's been, you know, it's wild. It's been since 2020. Dang, but life flew by. Oh, my gosh. This just in. Girl, I know. I remember our first recording. I was like in my little apartment in Los Angeles, like season one. Yes. And here we are diving into, this might be released season four, which is psychotic. Like season (laughs) four, what is happening? I can't, I can't even imagine that. But like life is just happening so quick. It is. And it's destiny. Like Cal, between now and back in 2020, my girl got married. She moved to Chicago. <laughs> Life happened. You were in my wedding. Like, yeah. yeah. Hey, just holding that little sword arc. Yes. Full model, smiling. Like, oh my God. Yeah. So insane. And you have moved too. You've moved coast to coast and yes. changed roles. And you're further along in your marriage. And yes. you made Oh, four. Congratulations, Lieutenant Commander Shanklin. What? So I say more money, better problems, right? More better problems. (laughs) More money, better problems. More expensive problems. Yes. But I'm so proud of you. You are so deserving of it. And I love having you back on the show because you truly are like I've mentioned you on so many other episodes where like I always recommend people having multiple mentors and you're like my peer mentor. You're my go-to that's only like one, one-ish years ahead of me. And so I'm essentially following your footsteps every step of the way. Like being an aide, we got our PHRs together, command yes, call, and um, now masters, master, like now masters, yeah. Like you're like do this, apply for this. Go, I was like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> like I literally did everything you told me to, and you got picked for O four. So like that's that's why you have peer mentors, you know, because you just did it, which has been awesome. I just did it. And I just found out, girl, I got picked up for command Yay! for our live screening. And it's, it's super bittersweet because, as you know, the options are limited sometimes. Limited. Yeah. I know. Okay. So I wasn't going to bring it up because of this. I get the balance email from my Admiral. So I read all my Admiral's emails and I saw it, but I've almost spilled the beans before and like congratulated people. Yes. And I did this last year. I was like, congrats. And the guy was like, why? And I was like, oh, mother effort. Like, I was like, so sorry. I texted it the wrong guy. I'm like, literally. So now I just like, don't say anything until they say something to me. I'm like, so congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. 
<laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And it was so funny because last night, Jericho and I, we just started to strategize and plan, as you know, to be methodical. Does it make sense to take command and move locations again? Because you can't assume command here in DC as an 04. Mm. So just racking and stacking the options that are available and the opportunities that have opened up while being here in DC. Holy cow. And you can delay it, right? Can you delay it a year? Girl, that's the odd part, right? I submitted to defer this year and still got picked up. So I got to call the detailer. I got to call Laura and see what's going on. She's our girl, though. Laura, shout out at Laura Small. Um, you, She's our girl. because So Arabia and I are both HR officers. Very different ways of which we entered the community. But now, like, getting through it together. And we love our community. Yes, we are. And Laura Small is our detailer. So, yeah, she was incredible. I did a whole podcast with Austin on, like, how we picked our orders here in Chicago. And she like, really worked with me and, like, our goals as a family, but also my goals personally. So I think she's going to be super open to like what you and Jericho want to do together. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's a rock star for sure. And she's been very amendable. (laughs) Yeah. Very amendable. Very amendable. (laughs) Well, I'll also say like to be pretty blunt, like she's smart in that she recognizes talent. The, The HR community is not going to be like, well, sorry, Arabia. Bye. Like, There, you know what I mean? Like you are a rising star. You're so talented. You're incredible. You're a great leader. Like they're going to work with you as best they can. Like you're married to a man in the Marine Corps. Like yeah, such is life. Like you're going to do your due diligence for your marriage also. So it's going to work out. Thank you. Keep me updated off the podcast because we don't want to like <laughs> reveal too much too soon. Um, yeah. But I think that that's a, actually a perfect segue into exactly what we're talking about today because, you know, on that personal note, like you and I have always been similar in our career path, but also similar personalities in that we pursue our passions. We always have, starting with the Naval Academy track team where I met you, like we've always had that core to us that we've been very passionate people. Exactly. And I have received several questions over the last couple of years from awesome women, mostly midshipmen, um, either at NROTC or the Naval Academy. And I never want to be misleading. So I think it's good that we truly like set the record straight on this podcast and kind of eliminate those misunderstandings. A lot of them say like, ma'am, I see you doing both. Like you do pageant, you do modeling, you do XYZ, you're an influencer while serving. How do I do that ASAP? How do I become an NFL cheerleader? How do I always wanted to be an actress? How do I pursue that? I want to do modeling. How do I pursue that? And I have a very like honest chat with him. Like, look, I didn't do any of this until I was almost 25. That was like four years after the Naval Academy. Yeah, it was. So I wasn't like at the Naval Academy kicking it, like signing up for auditions to go to casting calls. I wasn't, I know, starting out initially as a SWO saying like, oh, how do I compete in a pageant right now? Like, Not to say that that wouldn't have interested me, but my priorities were just very different at the time. And so like with our platforms, you being an actress and a wife and a motivational speaker (laughs) and a model, like I think it's good for us to mentor some of these aspiring 
passionate absolutely people coming behind us as to how to kind of navigate those passions very much so and even looking and thinking about the way that your journey kind of played out, there were building blocks that you had to do along the way um, in a very particular manner to ensure that you were still feeding, you know, that passion that you wanted to achieve even after that four years. So I really want to dive into those building blocks and almost that delayed gratification you had to take on to get to where you are today. Yeah, I completely agree. So what like kind of initially are you thinking as far as those personal building blocks for you? For me, so, and if we want to talk about the creative space. So at the Academy, I had a major regret that I was not involved in theater and the arts because that's what I love. No, I was just solely focused on running track. So if you think athletics and then making sure that I graduated. So academics. Yeah, same, same. (laughs) Because I knew that life was not guaranteed. And even at the academy, right? Graduation is never guaranteed. Until you submit that final capstone and you kind of just wait for graduation to occur and just make sure you don't get in any trouble. So if we talk about the balance, the building blocks following after graduation, I would say one, going to an operational ship. I went to the USS Simpson, now decommissioned, and I was the one of three females on board an all-male ship. Wow. I had to really buckle down and kind of tone down my level of expectation for my ability to do pursue all my passions, right? So despite having that regret for not being able to pursue my creative side as much at the academy, I realized the importance of performing when I first checked on board so that I could then pursue it. So one of my building blocks was, okay, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to study for my swole qual, but then I'm also going to make sure I create a profile on Model Mayhem so that I'm able to, at least on the weekends, if I'm not on duty, have photo shoots so that I can build my portfolio on the side. So one, I still look for opportunities on the weekends if I didn't have duty to still expand my portfolio. And for those who may be unfamiliar with like what a portfolio is or what have you, it's a combination of all your work. Maybe you're, and Kelly, you could probably talk more about this, right? Because you probably have a more expanded portfolio, but it's basically your photos or videos, a compilation of all your artwork um, so that you can forward to casting directors or you can forward to talent managers and they can take it and see what you've done in the industry. And so my building block was focused on, okay, let me build out my portfolio while I'm also doing my surface warfare requirements. Now for you, Kelly, was it similar in how you kind of approached it? Was there any regrets to you when you first checked on board at the Academy that you then decided to pursue? What's your, your outlook on that? Yeah. I mean, it's like a time capsule, like having these conversations, really reaching back into like, I'm so happy we're talking about this because so the Naval Academy I did tap into my artistic side Mm. and I'm very grateful for that. Wow. Um, Many people know, like I ran track my first two years and it really wasn't bringing me, it wasn't a source of joy anymore. And that's why I say I'm tired because I didn't quit. (laughs) Like after (laughs) I I ran for nine years of my life, like I did not quit. I retired and 
I was like, I need to do something that's truly expressing this like creative side. I've always been a very creative person. Mm. So joining the dance team lit me up, lit me up. Like I would go to practice and we'd listen to music and we'd dance to Flo Rida and <laughs> I just flipped it. Like I had dreams of being a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. I flipped my hair around. Like, oh my God. Performing. I remember waking up on performance days and I'd be like, oh my God, it's a performance day. Like I was just so happy. Oh, that's lovely. And I did that all on a whim, right? I joined the DNC on a whim without experience. And so that was kind of my first intro into having an outlet that's so different Wow! and exposed me to another side of myself I didn't even know that I could do. And it uh, gave me like a little taste for it, right? So when I reported to my ship, I had zero aspirations of ever competing in a pageant. That wasn't even on my radar. I never had even thought about it. I had zero aspirations at the time of pursuing modeling. I didn't want to be an NFL cheerleader or dancer, even though I loved dancing in college. Just like I knew I wasn't good enough to, to do that in California. So really, I just was there and I was focused on my career and my SWOPEN and my qualifications being a service warfare officer. But I will say that I did realize I needed an outlet still. And that's when I started photography. Very nice. I did photography, like you said, on the weekends in my own time as an outlet. And that really like brought me a lot of joy. That I think initially like setting those expectations, just like you said, knowing your priority especially when you graduate, is going to be whatever your obligation was to the Navy. Even when you first enlist and go to boot camp. Like I meet amazing sailors who are like, I was a model before going to boot camp. And I'm like, I'm not saying you won't be ever again. It's just like, you know, girl, you got A school, you got C school. Like you got, you got things to focus on. Like, you know, you live an hour outside Chicago unless you're taking the Metro. Like you're not making any casting calls anytime soon. So I think just like knowing that it's not forever, it's just that time period, you know, my building block was like those little experiences kind of helped me build confidence. And then pageantry landed in my lap later, much, much four years later after graduating. And I was in a billet that allowed flexibility that wasn't a sea deployable develop, you know what I mean? So, I mean, but you were at sea a lot longer than me and in like kind of those really tough positions. So how did you balance it? Like how? Girl, that was like a reality check. I didn't even realize. Yeah, I deployed yeah. three times. <laughs> and then it what? wasn't until, <laughs> it wasn't until I actually got stationed out in California. And for those who know, that's like, where you need to be if you want to get into the TV and film space. But now it's expanded to Atlanta for Black actors and New York will always be the uh, key mark for modeling. But dang, I think that when we talk about that six years for me before I was actually able to pursue a career in TV and film, but I was very patient with the process, right? I knew that the universe was providing me an opportunity and almost providing me with the needed patience and persistence to move forward in the way that would best impact the people who I loved and enjoy and also fulfill myself. For example, I remember 
or like it was yesterday when I was first exposed to like TV and film in California. I was out with some girls at a place called Rustic Root in downtown San Diego. Love that and place. Was- Great mac and cheese. Great. <laughs> yes. And I was just living my best life, just enjoying my time with my friends. And then a producer came up to me and she asked me, she said, Hey, I see that I've been watching you all night. And I noticed with your personality, I wrote a character that is very similar to the way that you're acting. And I'm very curious if you've ever considered being in a TV series. And I said, um, no. And then she asked, have you ever done any acting before? And I said, well, when I was in the sixth grade, I was in a school play called I Once Was a Zucchini, but then I got squashed. (laughs) And she starts to chuckle. And she said, well, listen, so sixth grade and you're how old now? And I said, I'm going on 25 now. And she said, well, I'm not saying you have the part. I really need you to study up on what it means to audition for a role. And I need you to audition and be prepared. But I'm letting you know this character, Nadia, who I imagine is the epitome of what you represented tonight. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. And I had to think about, okay, what do I need to do now? So that night I got on YouTube and I just started searching how to properly audition for a TV role. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And thank goodness YouTube could provide when asked. And then I had to think about it as, wow, I've been building the blocks that's necessary to at least project the confidence needed, even if my talent wasn't already there. I had the confidence because I had been building that resiliency from over the years, right? To get through and to buckle down and study. So I would say impatience is a habit, but so is patience, right? And when we lack the patience, we're unable to delay the gratification for the more mere moment, but that delayed gratification is going to help you avoid the level of frustration that can soon arise if you don't get what you actually want at the time that's required, right? Yeah. So that level of frustration is that emotional energy that drives us to quitting and just, and you kind of just talked on it earlier, like you didn't quit, you retired from track because you had done what you needed to do to feel confident in knowing that you you earned the right to step back and pursue another passion. Now for me, I didn't want to quit acting, right? Because I had never gotten that opportunity, but there was a level of frustration that was growing, knowing that I was unable to tap into my creative side while being a swell for six years. Yeah. I love that so much. And this just kind of came to my mind. There's truly like not an expiration date for goals. Mm. And like, there's not an expiration date for pursuing passions. And I say that because in one aspect of my life, there, there was. So when I got into pageantry on a whim, I was in a place in my life where I'd entered recruiting. I worked a more nine to five kind of job, right? Like quote job, not really, but like, we'll, we'll say that to compare to corporate world, but I wasn't in a seagoing billet. Um, I was not traveling as much as I do now. Like I was afforded a lifestyle that I could start balancing those interests. And then similar to you, when I was approached for pageantry from the Navy, like, Hey, you should keep doing this again. Like I was in a situation in my life where I could keep doing it. 
But that pageantry was really the only thing that I've experienced that had an expiration. There was an age limit. You couldn't be more than 28 to win Miss USA. So I got into the game a little bit later. My first pageant was when I was 24, I believe. So I didn't have time to sit around and be like, hmm, is this something I want to do? I don't know. (laughs) I just kind of was like, look, I think I'm going to do it and register and just go for it every year and learn along the way. Because how amazing would it be if I became the first woman in the Navy to win Miss USA? So that dream, I didn't walk into the Naval Academy with that dream. That dream came alive when like pageantry fell into my lap. But I had to quickly navigate how am I going to balance this? Like as I I'm in a department head role. As I moved, I moved to Los Angeles and competed in Miss California. Like I had to consistently communicate with my chain of command. I remained a top performer because that dream was on a tight timeline. Ultimately, I did not, you know, go to Miss USA. But now my dreams, pursuing modeling, you know, continuing to one day, my ultimate goal is to be on a TV show. Like I want to be a morning show host. That is my dream in life. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> even submitting for Sports Illustrated, like all of those things are so goals of mine, but they're kind of shelved, mm. not gone, just shelved as I focus on my chapter in my naval career currently, which is being an admiral's aide. Right. And my time is not my own. So again, like there's not an expiration date for those things. I haven't lost sight of those goals. So I think like compartmentalize like what actually needs to be done prior to 28 because there's some things like competitions, NFL, like they truly have age caps and see how you're going to have to map that out. But then also remember there's other goals like you might be a 34-year-old aspiring actress. And like, that's fine. Right, it is. A lot of people don't get into that space until they're 34. Mm-hmm. Including Viola Davis, right? She was an older actress. But when we talk about, you know, you compartmentalizing and almost shelving a few of your goals so that you can buckle down and focus on your current job right now. Can we dive into like your smart decision-making that you had to also take on as a virtue so that it doesn't eliminate your goals from being achieved? What kind of smart decision-making goals did you kind of set or do you epitomize now to ensure you don't eliminate yourself from pursuing the rest of your goals? Yeah, I think um, I've talked about this previously on podcast episodes, but I think prioritization, um, you know, there's that old phrase that we always talk about, chasing the crocodile that's closest to the boat. So when I left Los Angeles and came here for this job, this is very much a career-oriented decision. My goal, which four years ago probably wasn't, but my goal now is to make lieutenant commander. And so that window was small. You know, my first board for 04 is next year. What did I need to be doing to achieve that milestone? And so pretty much for the last two years, the number one thing I've been focusing on is, okay, what billet do I need to be in to make 04? What qualifications do I need to make to get 04? What certificate or certifications do I need? And I've been knocking those things slowly but surely. And I did every single one of them. 
So I can proudly say like, that was my number one goal is achieving what I needed to before the 04 board. And now I'm in my MBA program and I'm not going to get that in two months. So I'm just, you know, kind of chipping away at that. But the next biggest priority for me, you know, aside obviously from my marriage, but that's an (laughs) obvious one. But um, the next biggest thing for me was um, kind of things I could manage. And I decided that with all the travel that I'm doing and the long hours, I could manage my social media and focus on that. So, you know, I can do that while I'm at the airport. I can do that. I can create content on a flight. I can, you know, make reels in a hotel room. I can do all of that. So that's a goal and a dream I didn't have to table. I can, you know, kind of intertwine that with my lifestyle. Love that. And that has continued to flourish while still billing and while being in this current role. And so now as I get ready to exit this billet, that's been, you know, very difficult and, you know, long hours and lots of travel, I am lining myself up for the next chapter. So as you mentioned, yes. yes. Uh, so, yes. you know, as you mentioned, like kind of building your profile, I, I reached back out to my agent and said, you know, hey, 2023, it looks like my schedule will start to open up a little. Um, I'd love to start getting some castings and line up with agencies here in Chicago. That takes time. So I'm not going to wait for me to detach this command and be at my next before I pursue that. I'm going to start taking interviews now. Right. So that way, hopefully by the time I'm in my next billet, I have some opportunities lined up for modeling and, and can start pursuing that. So that planning ahead piece, like, so now my next goal is going to be getting back into that and like doing more modeling like I used to um, when time was more on my side. So it's like very (laughs) strategic how you prioritize. And then career wise, I can kind of relax for a second because I won't be up for 05 promotion for years, like years and years and years and years. So I have a good now chunk of time to focus on me and not just like the next rank. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing that the patience that you've had with the process has created this this sense of you have grit, you've built resilience, you're now persistent and you're so intentional with the way that you're now navigating because you've built that over time. And it also feeds into the reputation you have as well. The reputation that you have as a very high achieving, goal oriented leader. And despite all odds, because as you know, being in the Navy, nothing is set in stone until you get cut those orders. And you're like, oh, I'm really going. <laughs> I'm yeah. really going now. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> but the endeavors that have been placed in your life, you've been able to knock out of the part because of the combination of persistence and patience that you've allowed to work seamlessly through your life. So I applaud that so much, Kelly. My gosh. Thanks, Reba. I mean, because it just takes a lot of time to build that grit, to build that resistance, the resilience, so that once the timing is right, you can be like, okay, I've seen this before. I already know which actions I need to take place and do so that you can accomplish those goals. So yeah, go ahead. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel so similar to you and you've been such a role model for me too, as we continue to 
kind of step in this unchartered territory. I don't really see a lot of other members of the military doing. You're still active duty and you're still making rank and moving up. And you're also still doing it all outside of the Navy too, which is incredible. I'd love to circle back to some of those initial questions that I get from, you know, super motivated, inspiring midshipmen. What tangible pieces of advice would you give to them who say, hey, ma'am, I am a senior. I'm going to be a Marine. I'm going to be a pilot. I'm going to be a SWO, but I want to be an NFL cheerleader, but I want to be an actress, but I want to do blank. Like, what would be your advice to them as they want to pursue those, those goals? Hmm, that's a tough one, but it goes in hand with the fact that what I was just talking about, your persistence as you set these high goals, right? These big goals, as Grant Cardone says, like 10x your goals, right? You want to 10x your goals. What I would say is that there's a level of tolerance you have to build to achieve the goals you have set forward, right? And Patience increases that threshold of tolerance. And if you can learn how to navigate the obstacles that come in our path and deal with them in a very diplomatic way so that you're feeding a good reputation, right? You're feeding the building of your uh, smart decision-making and you're also not becoming bitter with the time that it's taking to achieve those goals. Please know that the universe will provide the universe will provide what's essential and what's destined for you. As I shared in my story earlier, I I had a regret graduating from the academy, not being able to really tap into my creative side. But ultimately, and who would have known six years later, I was able to, for the opportunity to come knocking. And I had to then, and I'd say I'd prepare over time, but I had to prepare at the moment so that I could achieve that goal of tapping back into my creative side. Um, Not to say it was all lost or all gone when I was on deployment, because what you'll notice being a leader in even the private or public industry, you have to think outside the box for your employees or your subordinates to feel more relatable to you and to take your idea on as their own. So I say all that to say, be patient and yet persistent because confidence will come as you build that sense of mindfulness in who you are as you achieve your goals. So everything builds upon one another, your building blocks. I love that so much. And I just wrote this note down that, you know, the time it's taking you to pursue and achieve those passions or those goals, you're truly evolving into a better person. It's building a better you. And Mm. every time I didn't win a title at Miss USA or like a Miss USA state competition, get so upset and I'd be like, why didn't I win Miss Ohio or why didn't I win Miss California? But then the next year I would go back for Miss Ohio and I think, oh my God, I am better and stronger and smarter and more ready and experienced more. And I am so much more ready to be a title holder now. And then, you know, when I got to California, I truly like to this day, I have so much peace about the performance I gave at Miss California because there is no other way I could have prepared, no other way I could have emotionally, mentally, physically been ready for that. Like I was truly ready and at my prime to lead as Miss California. Wow. 
Oh, I love it. And I think through that experience, just like growing up, and, and that's why a lot of you know women struggle to win some of those big titles when they're younger, because you just haven't been through a lot. You know, college is hard. It definitely is hard, but going through life and these difficult decision-making paths that we have to make all the time, like you're growing every single time you make those hard decisions in like life, career, relationships. And even now, like I'm almost embarrassed at the officer I was two years ago when I was in Los Angeles recruiting and I had 77 sailors and I thought I was like killing it. Fast forward now, these last, you know, almost two years as an admiral's aide, I'm like, oh my God, I knew nothing. I knew absolutely <laughs> nothing. Wow. I could have did this better. Now, I could have did this yeah, better. I was like, I was not doing this. I was not doing this. I was not doing that. Like, And it's all through this growth and experience these last two years in the current job I'm in. So although you want to do X, Y, and Z right now, and you want that gratification, I want to win now. I want to be on the team now. I want to try out and be on it now. I want that role right now. Like I'm deserving of it right now. There is something you're going to learn between now and when you do achieve it. It's going to make you ready and better. You still know what it is yet. It's pretty powerful when you reflect and think like, oh, I didn't get it then because I wasn't ready. Right. I wasn't ready yet. I wasn't ready. You know? And like the universe was waiting for me to grow so I could achieve it. Exactly. I think that's tough. It is. It is. But patience also brings you a sense of hope right? So as you're building that, you also are building this continued belief and renewal in your abilities and the heights you could achieve as you strive to reach whatever fulfills you. So having hope is also built along that process too. But I would say that patience is one of the key factors that creates that sense of hope in you as a leader and as a human being. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also will say, this is my view, not that of the military, but it's a different military. Like it's a different Navy. And I can say that pretty confidently having worked really closely with a lot of the leadership lately. Your idea is not that crazy. Like you want to go be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. You want to go run across America. You want to go be in the Olympic trials. You want to go to blank. Like that's not that wild. Like talk to your chain of command, approach them with a plan, a legitimate course of action. I want to do X and I can show you how we can do it through Y. And they'll most likely listen if they're smart. And, you know, the Navy's just very different now. Like they want to really celebrate members of the military that are pursuing different things and allow you to do it. You know, it's not as restrictive and small-minded as it probably even was 10 years ago. And so like no idea is really that crazy. Like just have faith, build a plan yourself, look for those opportunities, and then really like clue in your chain of command and know that you're not alone. Build that support system. Right. And part of building that support system within your command is you have to perform, right? We all have roles we have to play and different hats we have to wear, right? You have to perform in order and perform in the aspect of, hey, 
Sailor Kelly, she is undeniably great at doing and encouraging her sailors to move forward in um, pursuing their dreams. I'm going to be very vague about that, right? But because they built this sense of confidence of your abilities, they now want you to pursue whatever you want to pursue so that they can keep you in the Navy right? The overall goal is retention in the Navy. So as long as you pursue, I'm going to keep saying pursue your dreams, but also be excellent in the role that you play within the Navy construct or within your organization, it becomes undeniable for your chain of command to not grant you the opportunity for you to pursue your goals. Yes, bold italicized underline. I that's probably the first piece of advice I ever give everyone is, you know, be a top performer. I always just say kill it. I'm like going to the kill it. And kill it. <laughs> just kill it. Kill it. And yeah. you know, and I think it's funny that a lot of people, you know, find what I do quote controversial. But, you know, like I would not be permitted to do what I do had I not already been performing in the military. Exactly. Like the Navy would not send me out to cover the army Navy game and do all these other fun, (laughs) awesome things. If I like sucked, (laughs) like if I was, you know, 30 out of 30 (laughs) Lieutenant, like that's not like no shot. Trust me. So like I was already doing that before. And these opportunities have come my way. Pageants, modeling, Army, Navy, influencing, whatever, like that came later. So like first priority order of business is like go out and kill it and slay. Yeah, and slay. <laughs> and slay. Um, so right before I get into some Q&A with you, I just want to say like we touched on it a little bit, but like what's next for you? What's next for you with acting and all your side hustles and gigs and speaking and marriage and plans and living? Like what's next? Yes. So as you know, I've PCS with my husband here. I'm podcasting out of Arlington, Virginia. I'm stationed at the Pentagon and I'm in a new role as a director of congressional increase at the Office of Legislative Affairs. And what that means is that as a serve, as a constituent in this great nation, You can contact your congressional office and ask for help if you have an issue with a federal agency. And when you do, they have to come to me in order for me to delegate the tasks throughout the the Navy to respond to whatever query that you have. And a part of my new role, I get to travel with congressional members all around the world to hear and see how foreign policy or veteran affairs, how's that affecting other nations and what we can do in the Navy to improve. But within this role, which I completely love and admire, and I love the autonomy and I love my employees because I have, I'm now responsible for civilian employees and not military sailors anymore, is the fact that I'm always learning and growing. And Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I I just found out I'm selected for command and things are about to change again. And it's only been six months while I'm in this new role, but I think it's changing for the good. I'm at this fork in the road again, whether I'm making a determination if I'm staying in the Navy or if I'm getting out of the Navy um, in order for my husband to kind of take a lead in his career as a Marine Corps officer and, uh, 
me get out or drop into the reserve. So I'm finally at that fork in the road where the decision needs to occur here by February, 2023 as to if I'm staying in the Navy active duty or if I'm getting out. And, you know, sometimes your hand has to be forced in order for you to make a decision. I've loved the stability of the Navy that it's provided me, but also sometimes you got to step out on faith. So I'll be making my faith decision here in February. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be talking to you more offline about that. That's so, so huge and so relatable. So relatable. I mean, right now, the Navy's still awarding me a lot of opportunities, a lot. And, um, and I'm still interested in those opportunities. And so I want to give it my best go. But I do feel like I'm personally going to get into a fork in the road. Maybe not next year, maybe the year after that, where the opportunities outside the Navy might start, although scary, like start becoming a little bit more appealing or more flexible to my life and to my family. So I'm just keeping an open mind. But pursuing that life outside the military. Like it is scary. We don't know what that's like. We don't know what it's like. We don't know. I have no idea what it's like. All I know is that it's possible. Yes. Like people, 99% of Americans, they do it every day. Like they're not in the military. They're living, they're thriving, they're getting through it. Yes, Kels. In reality, we've been preparing and we've been able, we've been in positions where we built a network to help us make these difficult decisions. And um, we're, I'm just thankful for the Navy family because we have a network that we can reach out to, both active du- duty, retired, and those who just transitioned after they did their time, right? That we can tap into and ask these difficult questions and ask for their advice. So I feel more prepared than I would have been four years into the Navy. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I'm so thankful that I'm at this 10 year mark. Oh, I can't believe it's almost 10 years. Like we're going on my 10 year mark to make that decision. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I know whatever it is, you're truly going to flourish and thrive and it's going to be incredible. And I can't wait to witness all of it and be a part of all of it and, and just cheer you on. So thank you so much for your mentorship. I truly appreciate you and just can't wait. Can't wait to see it all unfold. Yes. And I appreciate you, your friendship, the way we feed each other. This is remarkable. And it's all about that mentorship and advocacy aspect of the Navy family. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Arabia. (laughs) Okay, we're going to do some questions. Some quick Q&A, all right? Quick (laughs) Q&A. It's going to be great. Uh, I know, Arabia is panicking, but here we are. I promise it's not going to be too wild. So just for the listeners who are probably so inspired and in love with you right now, what are you like reading right now or what are you listening to? What podcasts, like any recommendations other than Misunderstood to like give to the listeners to be as amazing as you are? Yes. So the book I'm currently reading is improve your conversations and the way that it's written. And it's all about improv and 
though I may not have displayed it properly on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) because I'm high off the caffeine right now, (laughs) but it's about how to just go with the flow in conversations and how to make your partner in your conversation really feel like you're listening and hearing them. I love that. I'm about 35 pages in. There's about 170 more pages to go. And I opened up the book. One and I'm page listening at a to time. time. <laughs> Ten pages page a day, girl. A- Ten pages a day. <laughs> yes. And um, I'm listening to, even though I'm not in alignment with him in a political aspect, but I listen on a daily to a guy by the name of Andy Frizzelli. He has... Uh, Andy Fridello? Oh, Frizzelli. 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 Okay. Yeah. And his podcast is called... Real AF, real AF, and his since his abbreviation um, for his name is A Andy F Frizzella. Oh, that's cute. All right, branding like it. Listening to him because it's all about mental toughness along this journey, right? As you're patient with your process, you have to build that mental toughness along the way so you don't get discouraged. And he keeps me going. He keeps me motivated along with my husband who also listens to him. And just fast forward his political commentary if you don't align with his ideas. <laughs> Actually, I love that like disclaimer because I would like pop on it and I'd be like, what the heck is this? <laughs> um, no, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Okay, last couple of questions. What are you ordering from Starbucks these days? What's keeping you going? Honestly, after my trip to Colombia, I bought probably too much black coffee. And as you know, Colombian coffee is some of the best imported coffee that the U.S. gets. So I think that I'd say black coffee all the way, no sugar, no cream, just keep it black. It's healthier for you too. Just keep it black. It's so funny because when I ask like military people this question, we are hardcore. We're like, Americano, black coffee, (laughs) shots of espresso. And I'm like, damn, we are hardcore. None of that, like, even me, I try to, I do a cold brew. So like in life, I do black coffee. But when I go to Starbucks, I never just order black because I'm like, well, I can just make it. So I get like a grande um, cold brew with like a splash of oat milk and syrup. But that's like a lot for me. You know, like I don't normally do like sugar and cream or any of that. So try to like spice it up. I mean, it's also important because that black coffee, you have to be careful because it can stain your teeth, right? True. I always brush my teeth immediately after. I'm a psycho. Immediately (laughs) after I always brush my teeth, but they're definitely stained for sure. Um, And then last, like any tips or like tools you're using just to keep your life organized and kept together? So... I recently received a another journal, but it's like a Christmas journal focus because it's Christmas time of year right now as we're recording this, but I'm not sure when it's going to be published. <laughs> TBD. Yes. So the Christmas journal I'm using is more so focused on comparing your life from last Christmas to this Christmas. Since I already have like a regular, regular journal, I put random notes in. I think this one is more intentional because it'll be interesting to compare how this Christmas is to last year's Christmas. Oh, I like that. I know. Yeah, that's really nice. I know, it's simple. (laughs) Well, here's to manifesting huge things this next year. 
you know, I'm not sure if this podcast will come out season three or season four, either or. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be exactly what the listeners need to hear. And if it's in February, I will circle back with you and figure out what your decision was because you've got some big decisions coming up and it's going to be incredible. Yeah, big decisions. Yes. And you'll be the first to hear. (laughs) Yes, I want to know. Well, thank you so much. You are always a joy to have on the show. And I know everyone loves to hear from you. And you just have so much to light and love to spread. So thanks, Arabia, for being you. Thank you, Cal. Thanks for you being you as well, girl. And congratulations on staying in Chicago for another tour. That's major. Yeah, it is major. I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved. It's like... Just feels nice to like put some roots down for a second. I was going to say, you have to have been succeeding in your role because it's rare for the Navy to keep you in an area like Chicago for a second tour. So yeah. go ahead for <laughs> slaying and killing it as the flag a girl. <laughs> Thank you. I was in survival mode for the last 18 months and I think I survived. I survived yeah. by the skin yeah. of my teeth. So here we are. Here's to surviving. Yes. Cheers. 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 <laughs> <laughs> survived. I didn't die. Thank God. But thank you so much. And I owe a lot. You made it look so easy on the outside looking in. I'm like, I don't know. This Superwoman. Thank you. We need a cart too. Superwoman Kelly. I appreciate that <laughs> so much. Uh, I, I could talk a whole nother episode about like, you're living your life, you know, on social media. I try to really check in and be real because I'm like, yeah, I'm just hanging in there. Like, I know I'm all smiles <laughs> on here all the time, but true story. Like I haven't touched my laundry in a week and a half and I've been on the road and I miss my husband and I am dying on the inside. So like, pray for me. (laughs) But it's the natural joy that you have that it doesn't look that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, just like we talked about, like it's all the season. It's all you're learning along the way and it'll, it all will work out it's all worked out. So like, just keep having that faith and that patience. And I can't wait to check in this time next year with you and see what happens. With see us. What's going on. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, I love uh, you. Thank, thank you. you. Love you. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you guys all for tuning in. See you next time on Misunderstood. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys, and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram, and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you loved, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall. The views and opinions presented here in this episode 
are those of myself and do not necessarily represent the views of the DOD or its components. Appearance of or reference to any commercial products or services does not constitute DOD endorsement in those products or services. The appearance of external hyperlinks does not constitute DOD endorsement of the linked websites or of the information, products, or services therein.